Good morning, everybody from Northgate. We're very excited to uh, uh, see you this morning. Uh, we're excited about the weather and God's blessing and His provision. Uh, it's been a very long nine, ten weeks, and we miss seeing everybody. Um, however, we have seen God's hand in the last, in this last period of time, and where we've seen things go wrong, and then God's put his hand in and he's changed things and there's been answers to prayer that we've we've seen so it's been exciting and challenging at the same time i hope everybody's had a, a wonderful week and just enjoyed the blessing of the weather this week it's been beautiful and i hope you've all had a chance to get out and enjoy that at some point during this week just have some scripture that we'd like to share with you it's first john four and verses nine and ten God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God loves us so much, and I think we always we have to remember that, that God's love for us uh, is what we need to depend on during times like this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. Um, we praise your name. We lift you up. We ask that your hand would be on the service this morning, that you would guide and direct um, what happens, and Lord, that you would uh, hear our prayers and our requests for your help. And Lord, we want to praise your name. And we thank you for this beautiful weather now that we can, can uh, experience and look forward to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. We look forward to seeing you all. Oh,
lift your name on high, Jesus. We bow down before you, Lord. You are the great I am.
Thank you, Elsie. Oh, sorry. Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Yep, that's right. Hello, Northgate. It's Silver Lake and it is summer here. This is the first experience for us and we miss you all. I hope you love this change. Everything is changed from white to green, so we really like it. And I hope you do like it. And uh, I want to share the announcements. So one of them, it's good to be in your home group. So I think there are three home groups. If you know, if you if you need to know more about them, I think they are in the email. So it's good to join and share and uh, listen for others in this uh, group. And also, it is another season. I know uh, many of you never been into a Zoom before this COVID time, but it is a season of sharing and loving other uh, neighbors through online ministry so this is a good thing so i would like to invite when you watch this video it's good to share it with your friends uh, on your facebook on youtube or whatever the channel you are using one last thing is it's uh, still open to memorize a verse so uh, if you want to share it just uh, shoot your camera and do it uh, and that's it Good morning, Northgate. It's Saturday, but you're probably watching this Sunday or maybe another time, but it is a beautiful day. We've enjoyed wonderful weather this week, haven't we? What a joy that has been to sense uh, summer, the real fulfillment of spring. What a joy that is. But we wanna pray and get into God's word. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention that it is been another sad week. Uh, our friends Bob and Debbie Cameron have lost someone close to them. Debbie's father Lloyd has gone to be with the Lord. He was 93. Some of you who have been at Northgate since the beginning might have remembered Lloyd. He came to some services but got a, a little older there. But he went to be with the Lord. So I just encourage you to be praying for Bob and Debbie. We're so thankful that Lloyd knew the Lord and he's in heaven and with Jesus now, but they're still grieving on this earth. And so we want to just be praying for Bob and Debbie that the Lord would comfort them at the loss of Lloyd. But let's pray now before we get into God's word and ask the Holy Spirit to uh, really speak to us this morning. So Lord Jesus, thank you for all of your grace and your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth today. God, that your Holy Spirit would speak uh, whenever we're watching this through the screen. God, it's my desire that you would, um, yeah, just speak through technology as difficult as it is. It's not gathering, but God, you can do something that we can't. So I pray that you would speak to people and we pray this in your precious and your holy name. Amen. 
Well, we're on our journey through 1 Corinthians, and we know uh, last week we talked about spiritual wisdom and the difference between spiritual and worldly wisdom, between knowledge and human thought, just foolishness to God. And we learned that we want to be seeking spiritual wisdom, the thoughts of God, and we want to avoid worldly wisdom. And we look through the scriptures how we're, we need to be praying for God's thoughts, for His wisdom, for His truth. We need to be re renewing our mind daily and asking for His truth. And it says in James 1 that He'll give liberally. And so we were encouraged. And in context of the book of 1 Corinthians, we know that there's disunity. And um, Paul has started the letter and he's told them about Jesus and he's starting to speak to them about this problem of disunity and he's mentioned to them that if they're going to think like the world thinks and elevate people that's not going to help them in finding unity because we know that uh, humility leads to unity so we saw that and in these first chapters as we go through he's using kind of different arguments or thoughts to bring them closer together, to bring them, in a sense, through what God would think to bring unity to the church. So wisdom, humility. And here in chapter 3, he's going to kind of attack something else. How we work uh, for God's kingdom as builders for God's kingdom. What we do and what is the benefit of what we do and how he's going to judge what we do. And before we begin, as you look at that in context, because they were looking at men and leaders and what they had done and who they would follow and exterior things. And Paul has something very different to say to them in regards to this. So I'm just going to read a little section starting in verse 9 through verse 17, if you'll follow along in 1 Corinthians. It says this, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So here he defines the church as God's building. And we know in Ephesians chapter 2, and maybe I'll just read that section as well, that we again are defined as being built uh, into a building where God dwells as the church. It says, Now therefore, in Ephesians 2.19, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, 
having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So the church is a gathering of those who are Christians, living stones, 1 Peter chapter 2 would say, built on the cornerstone. So we are a building, we are a temple together, we each play a part uniquely in who we are with our gifts and our abilities. But he doesn't only say that we're a building, he says we're builders. And Paul, who founded the church in Acts chapter 18 in Corinth, says he is the master builder, but then we are all building as well with our gifts and our abilities and our service and our things for the Lord. It's interesting, I don't really think myself to be much of a builder. Uh, what uh, takes handy people a few hours takes me hours and I do it wrong. Building isn't my thing. Now, I have lots of friends who are builders. Uh, it's fun when my friend Walter Miller comes from New Jersey and he's able to, to do something really quickly or I go to his house and I see all his building projects. He's building a lot of churches or renovating a lot of churches and you see the work and it's absolutely amazing. I don't really like to do anything because I'm not great at it, but there's some practices that we know as builders that we can see. And a long time ago in church, um, makes me think of church and gathering together, which I hope will happen soon again. As we take communion after the teaching, I remember one week years ago, I was standing in the back waiting to pray for people during communion. And I felt the Lord just come into my thoughts and just really speak to me saying, it's time to build. Now, not being a builder, my mind thinking, I'm not gonna build a church, I'm not into building. We hardly have any size of a congregation. But the more I prayed about it, the more I realized God wasn't at that time talking about a physical building, but he was talking about building in the things of Jesus Christ for our body to be built up, to be building in the things of God, the things of his word, that people would begin to use their gifts and abilities, that we would be building for the kingdom of God. And it was so clear to me, it's, it's time to build. It's almost like we had walked through the first seven or eight years and the foundation had been laid and it was time to build. It was time to see people use their gifts for the Lord. And here, Paul is saying, in Corinth, the foundation has been laid. And I think at Northgate, we've tried, all of us, to lay the foundation. And the foundation is simply this. It is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ, Him risen. The grace of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ, that He will have preeminence in all things. So that is the foundation. That is the cornerstone. And we know in scripture in Isaiah 28, 16, that he is the sure foundation, tried and precious cornerstone. He is solid. We've all heard the stories of when they built the temple in the 
the Old Testament, the New Temple, and just that foundation of the cornerstone and how that was pivotal, pivotal to the whole building process was the cornerstone being laid of the foundation. And even at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul lays the foundation in chapter 1 that Jesus Christ in his work, if you believe in him, makes you a saint and he will present you blameless, that your sins are forgiven because of the work of Christ. And when Paul went there, he went laying that foundation. He says, I didn't come with fancy words you might remember, but he says, I came just to know Christ in him crucified. And that's the foundation of any work of God is Jesus Christ. It's not on man's ability. It's not on where we meet. It's not on the music. It's not on personality. It's on Jesus Christ and his work. And it's so wonderful as Paul has laid that foundation that we can say that has been our desire at our fellowship that the grace of Jesus Christ would be the foundation. And it, I believe, has been laid and God continually brings us back to His grace. But then, what are we building on that? And it's so interesting as he goes through this scripture as Jesus Christ is the foundation, that as we build, that we're going to use certain materials. And he brings these ones up. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, these things. And I don't know any houses built of gold. Now, I've seen some of straw. I remember a huge straw roof in Germany when I went with my parents and or a straw bale house where they put cement around because they think it's better insulation. But it's interesting that all these materials are mentioned and we know that there's gold used in the temple and we know that it is precious. So he names these things and he's almost relating them to our works, to what we're building with. And that's a curious thing because there's a major difference in cost, in price, in durability in these materials. And he goes on to say that they will be tested by fire. God's scripture says that in the end, we're going to be judged for what we do. We know our sins are forgiven, but he makes it clear in this section that our work for him will also be judged. Now, he mentions that as well in 2 Corinthians and in Matthew chapter 6, that the things we do will be judged. And if we received praise and thanksgiving here on this earth, we're not going to receive uh, praise and thanksgiving from him in heaven and there's this idea of those things that will endure for eternity and those things when judgment comes that will be burned up for all the things that we do God will judge them now I'm not a builder but I know if I'm going to build I need to have good materials if I build with junk it's not gonna last you get what you pay for Buzz is building a tree house over, so we're just using scrap lumber. We're using things that aren't new or uh, aren't strong necessarily, but that's how a kid builds a tree house. Hey, eh? you take the scraps, you use it, you try and build something. 
But if you try and build with material that stinks and isn't good, it's not gonna last. The quality is not gonna last. There's a difference between hay, straw, wood. There's a difference between precious stones. There's a difference between silver and gold. And some last and some don't. What you build with is very, very important for duration of the building. If you wanna use junk, it's not gonna last long. And here he's saying, while we build for eternity, the material we use is absolutely crucial. And I want you to know that there is a difference between three of these things and then the next three. If you build with gold, silver, precious stones, those things are all hidden in the earth. Those things are under the earth. If you wanna find gold, it's not above the earth. You have to dig for it. Wood is above, straw is above, hay is above, precious diamonds are below. You have to mine for those things. Now think in terms of value in building and how it's done and what we use. Below and above, things that are seen and things that are unseen. And the precious things are unseen and they're costly because they're hard to get. They are the hidden things. They are the secret things. You have to go and look and find and mine. And then when you get it, you have to purify and clean. And then that gold or precious stone becomes of so much value. And it will last and endure. Think about that. If gold has been refined or a precious diamond, if there's a fire, it's going to last. Now, Obviously, if the heat is great, the gold will melt, but it will still last. But wood, straw, and hay becomes ash. It goes away. Whereas gold will survive, uh, precious diamonds will survive that purifying of the Lord. I just want to let you know in the things you do for Him, sometimes we think when we become believers and, and we're working for Him, that things should be easy or come easy. But I'm telling you, a lot of the things that are gonna last that we do for the Lord, they take sacrifice. There's a cost. They're unseen. That you're not gonna get a huge thanks for them. But you have to work at them. And God can do everything. There's absolutely no doubt He is sovereign. But I really believe, as we look at the Bible, that God wants to with his fellowship with man, use people for his glory, with his fellowship with people to affect other people. That we are his instruments for his glory, but used to bring him glory, used to see his kingdom grow. God uses people, he's looking at me and you, and he's looking at these hidden things that we do, and they are the ones that bring value, not the things that are seen that we get applause for. And so often, men are so funny. We love the things that are seen. We love to elevate the preacher and the teaching and the worship, but we're not elevating the things that are unseen, but those are the things that cause growth. If you look at revival, it's the people who've been praying for years and you don't know who's been praying. It's the people who've been giving and no one knows they've been giving. It's the people who have been fasting for years, asking for God's presence to come. No one knows who it is, 
but God knows. And we have a tendency as humans to elevate other humans. Oh, wow, look what they've done. And that's not bad, obviously. We're called to love our neighbors. We're called to be kind to our neighbors. We're called to be seen as different as Christians because we bring glory to God. But I want you to understand today that there is something of great value that is hidden in the secret place that we are called to build with. Now take this in context because the people in Corinth are disunified because they're elevating others. We know gifts are a big thing in this church. And so they're out of order as we're going to see as we move forward. We know that there is sexual sin. We know that there are people suing each other. We know all of these things, but these are things that are seen. He even goes on to how people look and dress as you move through the book and says, that is not what is precious to God. What is precious to God is the hidden things, and they have great value in our service. The hidden things have tremendous value, and they are going to last in eternity. It's not that the things that is seen are not good, but they get their praise today. Now, maybe to explain this a little bit more, we can turn to Matthew chapter 6, and I just want to read a few things and then we'll be done today and i pray that the holy spirit is ministering to you but these secret things these hidden things and you might say well i didn't know we were judged for those things i thought we were just forgiven for our sins well certainly we're forgiven and god will not see our sin as we believe in jesus christ but he looks at what we do for him and he desires to give praise for those things that honor him those those hidden things let's take a look and see what it says about this in Matthew chapter 6, it says, And when you pray, verse 5, You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You see, their reward is here on earth. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly and he's speaking of eternity so what we do in secret as we pray as we shut the door he goes on and says in the in the journey through this chapter in chapter 6 he talks about fasting and when you fast in verse 16 do not be like the hypocrites with the sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting but assuredly i say to you they have their reward but you when you fast anoint your head wash your face that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly that he will reward you when no one else is looking and you see no one else is giving you praise but the whole picture here look at it oh woe is me i'm fasting i'm working for the lord look all what i do it's so hard boo hoo hoo you know and god is saying no no and people are like oh wow you're amazing that's that's amazing you know you're doing so much for the lord that's your praise but god says wash your face do the things for him and he who is in the secret place will reward what you do in secret. And he goes on about laying up your treasures in heaven in verse 19 and 20. And he says, 
basically let your treasure not be in the things of this earth and holding things for where your treasure is there your heart will be also and in scripture giving don't let your left know what your right is do it in secret don't let anyone know what you're doing but do it for the lord because he will see and he will reward it doesn't matter the amount look at the the widow who gave in the temple and jesus had to point her out it wasn't some big thing because she gave a lot of money and she got her plaque on a building and whoa she's a big part of the budget she hardly gave anything but her heart was right and she just did it and here what we do as we do in secret God sees it and God will bless it it is a hidden work that is costly it costs us something to go shut the door to give when no one sees we're not doing it for men but when fire comes to judge that your work will last that God does see what you do and, and you know what I want to encourage you today in these hidden works that endure. We want to create a community that is focused on the hidden, secret, sacrificial, costly work that enhances the kingdom of God. Do we need teaching? Yeah. Do we need worship? Sure. Right? These things are important. Do we need to be sometimes seeing what we do for our community and helping it out? Yeah. But what we need even more so is the people in secret building with these materials of gold and silver and precious stones. These works that are not seen, that cost us as we work with the Lord, as we deny ourselves, as we follow him, as we do it in secret, he will see and he will honor. And that's why I believe prayer is so important and it is so hard because we don't see right away we don't get thanks right away we don't see right away and it's hard to close the door and say well God why am I doing this I don't see your work but it is the engine the essence of what we do these secret works and especially prayer that empowers the work of God I don't want to lift up a name. People always say, oh, Dan, how's your church? And I've learned through being corrected, it's not my church. The foundation is Jesus Christ. It's his church. But we want a church that's building. As the beginning, Dan, it's time to build. What are we building in? We don't want to build in only surface things. Yes, that will come. But we want to build in the hidden things where you are praying, where you are giving, where you are desiring the Lord's presence, where you are serving others and no one knows. I love this little give kind of thing to neighbors and others we did a couple week, weeks ago. People are saying, someone said to me this week, hey, did you drop flowers at my house? I'm like, no, I don't even, no, I didn't. And they were like, well, someone did. And we were trying to figure it out. And we were matching handwriting with other cards. And in my spirit, I was like, praise the Lord. They were encouraged and they didn't know who did it. Amazing. Now take that with prayer and other things. Man, if we have a community that is focused on the gold, the silver, the precious things, and we build for eternity, our impact will be so great. So when we get to heaven, 
someone sent me a text. You have no idea, or people have no idea, as they work, what God is going to say when they get to eternity and the impact we have on people. We have no idea, but keep going in those things that are precious. And you say, it's hurt. it hurts to dig. It's costly. It, it's, it's very difficult for me, but yet those are the things that will endure because we're not trying to create a name. We're not trying to create a show. We're trying to create a work for God that will last. We're trying to create something that he will reward us for the work we've done. Because this section, again, we are the temple. We're holy stones, but also we're builders. We're building. And today, what are you building with? And may we all build, sometimes with the things that cost us something, that it will endure the hidden things for his glory. Let's be encouraged today in the truth of God's word. So Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us today. Thank you that you are the foundation, that your work on the cross, that we are forgiven and we are set free, that we have the Holy Spirit, that there is no other foundation. But Lord, as we build together, as we build for your kingdom, as we all are doing our part, may we seek to do the things at times that are difficult, that are costly for your kingdom. Lord, may we desire the secret things, the hidden things, prayer, giving, desiring your presence when no one knows where there's no applause. And Lord, would you bless that in this earth and the next. Lord, we do love you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you soon.